four, 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 four. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the EG Pod Thunder with your boy, the young light-skinned Keith Sweat. And to my left, my guy, Ross Turbo Levine, 7-0, undefeated, karate combat middleweight champion, also owner of Turbo Sports Performance, baby. I'm glad you came through and uh, made your debut with the EG Pot of Thunder, baby. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so it was kind of, we put this together really fast. It was pretty dope. And uh, you got a great setup. So uh, Thank you, I man. saw some other episodes and was like, yeah, let me jump on this. I, I love doing this stuff. Any Anybody that's going to give me a platform and want to learn more about me, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, man, I love to hear that, man. I'm like, you reached out, you responded back pretty quickly. Well, I reached out and you responded back pretty quickly. And I love to see it, man, because I'm trying to put on, like, with my podcast, one of my, like, goals and visions is to put on anybody for, like, who's trying to go out and go get it, you know, being a hustler and also, like, putting on, like, local, like, businesses, athletes, and helping Rhode Island get that spotlight because Rhode Island is definitely, you know, undervalued, in my opinion, with the athletes they have. We have a lot of, you know, people that can make it, like, the quitties of the world, you, hopefully up and coming, my guys like Angel, Cam, um, who we, have, we just found out we have a common friend there. And, the, you know, there is definitely hidden gems in Rhode Island. Do you think that's something that kind of inspired you two to be like, um, I know you're also like a coach and you have your own, you're the owner of Trouble Sports Performance. Yep. Do you see that like where Rhode Island is just like being undervalued and there's so many things that can be like, like matured from here? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, Rhode Island is the smallest state, right? But um, I'm actually not from Rhode Island. Mm. I'm, I'm a New York, New Yorker at heart. I grew up in New York City, born and raised in Brooklyn. And uh, I actually, you know, I'm sure we'll get into how I ended up here. But yeah, for such a small state, it is packed with talent. Um, but even at like the professional level, you don't see a ton of people that rep Rhode Island. But now you're starting to see this big come up, this like second wave. 100%. You know, guys like Cody Pay are leading the way now. And it's like, wow, this, there's a lot of talent here. A lot of people that just work their asses off and can we swear on this podcast? I'll go for it, bro. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, just all this talent kind of rising through, and, and you're seeing it show now. 100%. Like, it's kind of crazy, the, the New York tie, because anytime I go somewhere, I like, go, oh, where are you from? Now I say Boston, because I'm tick, sick of the, where are you from? Rhode Island? Yep. Long Island? Yep. No, bro, you don't know your states. Rhode Island. Yep. You yep. must. Did, did you think of that? Like, when you were from New York, did you know Rhode Island or, like, are you one of those New Yorkers or like other people where they're like, I don't know what Rhode Island is. No, no. I, I know my geography for sure. I'm <laughs> that's, good. What, that's what I think, bro. Man. My geography is good. I don't know why people don't know it, but you're right, man. Especially it. it's like, oh, Long Island. And they're like, no, 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 Rhode Island. Oh, Boston. So I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, in between. hundred percent. Funny story. I was actually in LA. I was like 21 and um, I was on like Fairfax and I was talking to some dude and he's like, oh, where are you from? And at that point, I'm like, I'm over. I'm like, oh, I'm from Boston. He's like, oh, shit, me too. What part? I'm like, oh, fuck. Damn, now you're going to go into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know which part. Now I'm you're like, a fraud. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, nah, bro. I'm from Rhode Island. He's like, oh, right, bro, what? You didn't think I knew what Rhode Island was? I'm like, oh, here we go. Yep, I'm like, no. Yep. Yep. You're like the one person I talked to on the invocation that knew what it was. And of That's course, right. now I'm a fraud. It's all good. <laughs> you made it work, though. Yeah, man. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, man. 100%. And, um, I mean, I did, obviously, I just found that out right now. So from New York, why did you make that transition to Rhode Island? Did that have anything to do with the, you know, the, your job title right now or is it just like a random move? Yeah, to, to some degree it did. So I, uh, I'm also a doctor of physical therapy. I have my doctorate. I do my PT thing. Yeah, baby. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I did that and I went to school up in New Hampshire. So I graduated Franklin Pierce. And then I kind of bounced around a little bit. I lived in New York again. I lived in Aspen, Colorado doing um, oh, cool. my internships and all that. 
And at the time, I was dating a girl who lived in Rhode Island. So I moved here. Didn't work out, but all good. So um, Dedicated. I, I loved my job where I was at, you know, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to stick it out. I was like 27, 28. Like, let me try and make this work really and, and be independent and kind of start my life. So I love my job. Uh, at the time, I was working for Performance Physical Therapy, which is a, a big brand out here. They do an awesome job. Um, yeah, got my career started and just kind of stuck around and now have my, my coaching staff for my pro fighting career. And uh, I'm teaching. I met my wife. And here we are. Mm, if you want me asking, how did you meet your wife? I love, you know, the EG Pop Thunder. We love a good love story. And, um, you know, I've, I've got to fight about being single, about being in relationships. So I love hearing, you know, a true love story. Yeah, my wife, we met at the gym. She, uh, mm. she was kickboxing as well, uh, was an amateur competitor. So at first we were teammates. You know, when I first joined the gym, I had a girlfriend. She had a boyfriend. So it was just, we were just teammates, you know, support each other. And then, you know, you, you hear the, the typical story of like, oh, I saw she was, you know, no more pictures on Facebook. So I slid into the DMs, <laughs> did the, if you ever need to talk, you know, I'm here. Um, but we were already good friends. So it just, it's like kind of, <laughs> I guess, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I me though, me, not, not her. She's no, yeah, great. You, 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 definitely, no. definitely me. You know what? No pictures, my time. No, my time I did. Been. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it just worked out nicely and she's, she's amazing, man. And um, yeah, she'll probably be on the pod too. So. I mean, that'd be fire. And that's kind of, so it's kind of funny. So like, say like when you had, your girlfriend, she had your like her boyfriend at the time. Mm. What like obviously she was attractive and stuff like that. But is there like something there? Like was your girlfriend like oh so there was was there girls there? And you're like nah, there's nobody. And then like back your head, you're like oh, I mean there is kind of a cute girl there. I don't know. Yeah, you know it's funny. It, you you look back at the little things <laughs> when you finally meet like that person, and it's like did I did I notice them as like far back as I thought I did? And like of course the answer is always yeah. There was always an attraction, but no my the girl that I was with at the time, you know she kind of understood that I did martial arts and. You know, it's like no matter where you go, there's there's girls everywhere. Like, oh, there's there's, there's girls at the gym. Of course, there's girls at the gym. There's guys at the gym too. You know, so it's like I don't know. You never you can't please everybody. Oh, but, definitely um, not. That's my that's that's my thing too. I'm like, what what do you mean? There's there's guys there too. Yeah. What do you, am I talking to these? Well, I am probably am talking to the guys, but yeah, like in a different way. But like, am I talking like that? Like, right. I, you have friends, yeah. and that's the the big key to you know obviously trust and stuff like that. But um, is there like the same dynamic? the speaking of kind of relationships and meeting girls and guys at the gym, is there like that same dynamic where in like an MMA gym where, you know, say at a commercial gym at an edge of planet fitness, there's that like, especially right now, there's that stigma of like, all right, look forward. Don't look at this girl squatting. I might get caught. I might get on a reel on Instagram. I mean, I might be TikTok famous for the wrong reasons. For sure. Is there that same like stigma in MMA gyms? Yes and no. Um, you know, it, it depends on the gym, right? I think the, the owner of the gym, they are the ones in control of the culture of the gym. So that's really where it starts and finishes. You will see those gyms that, yeah, you get a bunch of girls that are dating all the different guys and guys that are dating all the different girls and, and so on and so forth. And yeah, they could be creepy when they're trying to grapple and do the jujitsu and stuff. Um, there are guys that, you know, mess around in ways they shouldn't when they're doing their striking drills. But uh, I think that happens in every gym, but again, it comes down to the coaching staff and like, do they establish the right culture from mm. the beginning? So where I'm at pride martial arts, I've never seen an issue in the gym. I've never been a part of an issue in the gym. It's always kind of family atmosphere. Everyone's cool. We all support each other. So, um, in this instance, 
absolutely not. Um, I guess I guess I violated that. <laughs> but uh, no, it was never like it, Maddie and I never had like a creepy moment in the gym yeah, where yeah. it was it was inappropriate. You know, we were legitimately friends, teammates, and then it just kind of grew and grew, and it was cool. Co- coach knew our coach married us. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was the JP. <laughs> did he get a Dean just to do it? Yes, he did. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, that's fire. and it was honestly, it was. I've been to a lot of weddings. I have a lot of friends that got married, and um, my uh, my wife works in radio. So the the main host, Michael Rock, is a DJ. He DJs tons of weddings, and everyone was like, "That was the best JP I've ever seen. It was the best like." service like ceremony yeah. it was so good it, it kind of so makes good. it like organic right like yeah my one of my good friends shots brett former eg pot alum and steve steve they're best friends and steve got ordained to do brett's wedding yeah. same thing everyone's like steve you did amazing so good literally amazing i think it's a little different because they have that chemistry already they know like he probably right. knew you guys more than a you know an other priest yeah. would be so um kind of makes that more organic that like true Makes a love story even more true. A hundred percent. And, and you know, like there's no one in the world that knows us better individually and together, you know? So he sees, he saw that kind of love grow and build and he's seen us in moments that were great moments and bad moments. So (laughs) it was, it was literally the perfect shout out. Andrew Cornell, you're the man. That was the best, best service ever. Hey, fire. Just like, to touch back a little bit because I'm intrigued. So like you're saying that people can, you know, punch wrong way and, you know, I actually was um, a black belt as well back in the day before high school. And then, uh, you know, high school sports got kind of into the way. But um, so I kind of don't remember. It's so, like refresh. I didn't do anything like that as a child or, like you know, middle schooler. But like how like that's like a, like how are you like hitting someone inappropriately where it's like sexually and like grappling where it's like how does that even come to mind? I well, don't understand. Like I used to like, tie up like my brother. He was wrestling a little bit from high school. And obviously, you know, it's a like, guy and guy. But whatever. Like I never – that would never go through my mind to be like, I can make this sexual. I'm like, my brother's choking me out right now. I'm trying to get back and <laughs> choke his ass out. So like none of that stuff gets into my head. So like, how does that come about? And then like, if it does go about in your gym, is it like a one and you're done? Or is it like, you're kind of giving that guy chances? Yeah. I mean, it's in the jujitsu, it's probably a little bit more, uh, more prevalent when you have the grappling. Cause you, you have positions that if you're being immature about it, you know, and you have uh, a guy and a girl that are working together and like you're, you're working in guard, right? So the guy's on his back, woman is in between his legs, his legs are closed or vice versa. It's like, if you're immature, you could be like, Ooh, what is this? This is great. And yeah, I'm in your guard. And like, it could mm. just be stupid, stupid, creepy that it's, there's no time for that. There's no 100%. room for that. Um, you know, and there's also the culture of like it, you know, guys locker room, you do a good job, you smack them on the ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great job. Well, you can't do that. <laughs> you yeah, can't do that uh, in the kickboxing not. gym. Definitely. So not. yeah, there's, listen, man, if there's a way to do it, there's people will find ways. But, um, like I said, it's up to the coaches to establish yeah. that. And in my opinion, there's a zero tolerance rule for that. So you're one and done. You're out. In my, yeah, why not? I mean, there's, there's nothing worse than when women feel inappropriate or, or like women feel like there are people being inappropriate to them in the gym when they're going for the same reasons that I'm going, they're 100%. trying to get in shape, trying to have a good time, let out some stress and learn something, learn some self-defense. They shouldn't feel like predicated on when, you know, like there's predators in the room, like yeah. judging them or whatever. Like Half there's the no, reason, no room for that. There could be a reason they're going to you is to prevent that. Right. And then they go there, they're getting that happening there. And then yeah. the complete opposite, you don't want to make them feel weird. So I can definitely see where that, you know, where that's coming from. Mm. So, um, you know, got like that's what you do right now. So to get to that point where you own your, you know, triple sports performance, where you are seven, undefeated karate, like champion, 
you know, where does that like mindset come about? I'm sure, I don't know, I'm not sure if you've been asked on the podcast beforehand, but like, you know, do you have like a moment in like your life where you're like, all right, this is the moment, this is where my career path is going down. This is my life. I'm sticking to it and going for it. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, at first I was doing martial arts since I was a little kid. So I was doing what people wouldn't refer to as sport karate or point fighting. It's kind of like that fast paced tag. Um, it is worldwide. It's super popular, but it's its own little thing. So most people know guys name like wonder boy, right? Wonder boy has that lead leg stance and he's known as like the point fighter of MMA. So I came up in the point fighting circuit and did that until I was like 30. So I was all around the world, multiple time champion. Like I was at the highest level of sport karate. And then when I moved to New Hampshire, like I was telling you about, I didn't have that same like coaching staff. So I went to an MMA gym, started kickboxing, training with Team Link. So shout out to Team Link up in Hooks at New Hampshire. Um, and yeah, I just started doing some kickboxing and it was new, right? So it was something that I wanted to start touching base on a little bit more. It was a new challenge. I had to diet. I had to cut weight. Mm, the worst. And uh, yeah, it was just, um, it was just cool and it was different. It was exciting. And that's when I was like, you know what? I've watched this stuff growing up. I love watching it now. I want to test myself. I want to see if I can be the best in the world at this too. A new chapter in your life, new challenge to conquer. hundred percent. So eventually we closed the book on the sport karate career. I had 11 amateur fights. And then at that point I had already moved to Rhode Island. So finished my amateur career here. And then my coach was like, listen, you train like a professional. You do strength and conditioning. You have a nutritionist. You take care of your body. You train your ass off. Why don't you get paid for it? 100%. I was like, that sounds like a great idea. If you're confident in me, let's do it. And then we turned pro. I love it, man. I love it. I touch back on like the like the point systems. Is that like when I was doing, uh, you know, karate and we'd be sparring? Is when you're doing in the full fights? I've never seen a fight for that. If I'm being completely honest. Are you wearing your gear as well? I know, like when I was like sparring, like off the top in your helmet, point. You know, you get tat. You know, that system. Is it like that when you're full on in full fight, or is it strictly just all bare? Yeah, no, you're um, in the sport karate world. It's uh, it's like uniform, so you're still wearing kind of like the same way you're doing it in class, but just at, at an escalated level, right? So you're making pretty hard contact. You know, the knockouts are not encouraged, but they happen. Um, oh, but yeah, it's, hey, you get like like a reverse like kick to the chest. I'm like, yo, what the? Come <laughs> that's on, that's the bro. worst, man. Come that's on, bro. I was not expecting that shit. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's full gear. You know, head gear, hand gear, foot gear. Um, now they have elbow pads to save people from getting cut. Obviously I'm all like, you guys can probably see all my scars and stuff, but yeah, I'll cut up from wearing 4k. More. We're in 4k. So they, maybe go. it can. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're doing that, so you're doing that strictly for the love of the sport, you're doing it, you're paying for these tournaments. You're, you know, are you, or I'm yeah. No so at, at that level, I was on a sponsored team where I was, I was very fortunate. I had some, some great people around me, good coaching staff and, and teammates. So we were sponsored paid for. I didn't have to pay for a large majority of my adult competitions. Um, you know, so I was very fortunate in that degree and we were getting paid. So even though, um, it's not considered professional, like you would see professional boxing, MMA, kickboxing, whatever, because there's no athletic commission involved. Gotcha. So even though it's a, an amateur sport, I was still getting paid for it. Yeah, so, yeah, I was actually making pretty decent money doing sport karate tournaments. The, the thing is, though, you got to go to a lot of them and you got to win, you know? So if you, if you suck, you ain't winning shit. You ain't winning. You ain't winning shit. Then you're just spending money. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that we need those people, too. So, <laughs> so you go in there, they're paying to get their ass kicked. And then you're like, bro, I appreciate it, man. Hey, man, what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, man, they love the sport, though. I mean, they love that's the sport. It. You got to give it. them a shout out, too, because that's one thing I will say. Like when people, 
even, you know, obviously it's not even the same world. I don't want to get like people offended. I'm not sure if this is an offensive question to you. Uh, like even like WWE, WWE, MMA, like Bellator, UFC to do that. takes a lot of balls. Obviously mm. WWE is scripted, but that shit hurts still. Yeah. You know, UFC, MMA, all that uh, Bellator, you have to get even the people who are losing, they're going in there risking their life every single day, which people don't understand. It's like, do you have the ball? Sometimes you probably wouldn't even get to a fight at the bar. Never mind. Yeah. Go, you're going in willingly knowing you're going to go face Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir Mir. You're going to face fucking Anderson Silva, these top yeah. of the guys. They're going in. Like, how do you feel about stuff like that? Like, do you want people who are like saying, like, oh, like, I don't know, like, like do you have do you feel some type of way about people like that when they're like just judging like oh you you do like MMA or anything like that? No, not at all. Because we need those people, right? <clears throat> they can say whatever they want, but as long as they're watching, you know, we need the views. Um, because the more views we have, the more sponsors we get. The more sponsors we get, the more I can get paid. So you know, it's it's a revolving cycle. Mm. Like I'm not, I can't please everybody. You know, I I think I have a, a really great fan base. I love my fan base. But there's a lot of people that don't like me too. And you know what? You That's need them. Cool. You need them too. I need them too. They want. Know? They're gonna pay to watch you lose. A hundred percent. Well, they're not gonna see me lose, but mm. they're gonna hope I lose. <laughs> they're, paying. they're paying to see you lose. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's crazy because you think of it like the iceberg effect, right? What you see on the on the day of the fight or the night of the fight when you watch these big events, UFC, Bellator, Karate Combat, stuff like that. All you see is the very end result. Mm -hmm. That's what's above the water. When they walk out and they fight, they do your thing. There's a winner and a loser. What you don't see is everything underneath and that the training, the sacrifice, the, the relationship problems, the mental health issues, the, the nutrition, the eating disorders. Like, bro, it's crazy. The stuff yeah, sure. that fighters go through. So, you know, I don't, I don't take that stuff personally. It is what it is. So yeah, uh, guess, we need everybody. Yeah, I guess I'm but part of that question, I probably didn't say it the proper way, was like when people are like, oh, that's just easy. Like, he's a pussy or whatever like that. It's like, I know this is all the topic, too. I actually got into a, not an argument, but a conversation with my friend who does MMA as well about this. Like, when people are like, oh, CM Punk's a pussy. Like, he should he didn't deserve that. But it seems like you understand, like, the business side of it. I'm not sure how you feel being a, you know, in your entire life you've done combat sports. How do you feel about someone like a CM Punk coming into UFC overstepping everybody getting the opportunity like so over someone like you but in my defense i'm my not my defense <laughs> my opinion mm. i think that is a like, good for the sport though because he's bringing eyes like that fight right there i not tune in every now and then to mm. ufc but i bought that pay-per-view because and i watched everybody because yeah, yeah, yeah. i know cm punk was and I, then i found out who his opponent was then i saw the rest of the card and i'm like okay maybe i like this dude now like if you were on that card, I'd be yeah. like, "Oh, that's Turbo. That dude is Ross Turbo. Yeah, fire, cool. I'm gonna check him out. Like, yeah, he overstepped people, but I think there's a business side of it as well, where you need to get more eyes on the product. Well, well, let's be real about it. And um, people are definitely gonna be butthurt. But if you got overstepped by CM Punk, you probably didn't belong there to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got a guy who had limited experience and he got there because of his notoriety elsewhere, not because he was dominating the amateur scene or dominating the regional scene. So if, if it was between you and CM Punk and they chose CM Punk, they probably had a right to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so, got And, I and, and at the did. same deal, like, if, if that's the level I'm at, there's going to be much tougher guys ahead of me than CM Punk. So I need to get back, train harder, win some bigger fights and elevate my skills because then the next time they're going to be like, do I want this guy or, or do I want CM Punk to be like, yeah, I need this guy first. Yeah. And then CM Punk's going to take somebody else's place. <laughs> it's the same thing like Jake Paul. Yeah. Right. People are so upset about Jake Paul, but you know what? The guy's out there doing it 
And you know what? I'm so grateful that he's bringing attention. Everyone, so many people are like, I hate this guy. He's a bum. He's just a YouTuber. He's not a real boxer. Who cares? Yeah. There's so many more people of that generation that are starting to watch combat sports because of him, like Misfits Boxing, you too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah crazy. I, so Again, I watched Jake Paul two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. I would have never bought that pay-per-view if it wasn't for Jake Paul. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's like... You know, again, I haven't you know been fully immersed in, in the sport for a while, but even the commentators are saying it. I thought he did a pretty solid job. I'm not sure right. if you've seen it. You yeah. know, for for his level, you know, it was one of those questions where you have to wonder like, is Jake Paul that good, or is Tommy Fury not as good as he thinks? But if you're talking about Jake Paul, a guy who's been boxing probably less than five years, and he's beaten former world champions, he's beaten pro athletes, and now he's beating pro boxers. Or, or at least like split decision loss to a pro boxer. Like wh- when his, his, uh, when freaking Tyson Fury is the best in the world. <laughs> like, wild. come on, man. You know, you got to give him a little bit of credit. And the biggest part of it, he handled himself like a true professional. He took that loss on the chin. Yeah. He was like, I'm just going to get better. This is going to make me a better man, a better fighter. I love that. So, you know what? Again, love him, hate him. He's doing the right things yeah. and he's bringing eyes to the sport. So I'm all about it. Yeah. I think like someone like a CM Punk and, you know, Jake Paul, you have to give them props to even doing it. You know, to even getting in the ring and, you know, risking that injury. They don't, maybe they need the money. Maybe they don't. I don't know yeah. their finances. But to the eye, it seems like they don't need the money. So them to do that, I mean, it, you know, I think it's a you have to credit to them for sure. Listen, how many billion people are on this planet and how many people actually step in there and fight? You know, probably less than a million actually get to compete on a, on a big stage. We're the 1%. You know, yeah. so if, if you got the balls to get in there and do it and, and risk your not only your life, like, let's be real. You can, you can die. People have died in combat sports, but you're risking your reputation. You're, you're risking your, you know, your presence to be judged. You're putting yourself out there for the entire billions of people on the planet to see, you know, that that's got to stand for something. I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And my guy right here, though, Ross Sherwood was undefeated seven and Oh, so you have not come across this issue yet, but does that thought process ever come across your mind when you step in the ring? You're like, today I can get embarrassed. Or is that something that can't process through your mind? Like, you just go in there full confidence? Or does that sometimes come across your mind where you're like, you know what? I might get knocked out tonight. Yeah, so um, yes and no. So I do have that conversation with myself every time I saw it on the dotted line. You know, it's it's that conversation of like, do I really want to? Is this really what I love? And the answer's always been, yep, we're do- <laughs> we're doing it. Sign away. Um, but you have to be real with yourself. And like some people call me crazy about that, but I have vivid dreams of losing, of getting knocked out. I think if you're a combat fighter, you, you have those. If anyone, everyone that does a combat sport, if they say they've never thought that or never had that fear, they're straight lying. up lying to you. Straight up lying. You're about to get into a fist fight. It's the same yep. thing as saying. Meet me in the parking lot at three o'clock. We're going to fight. You know, you're going to be overthinking. You're going to be, shit, be shitting your pants yeah. the whole day, right? So, yeah, I mean, there are levels to it. and um, But as the event gets closer and closer, my confidence goes up, my fears go away, and all that happens through preparation. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I understand that that's potential. You know, anyone can get knocked out. Yeah. You know, so think, it is what it is. Do you think, like, you guys are, like, the modern-day, like, gladiators of this, you know, like, of this Kinda era? treated that way, right? Yeah, it's we're, definitely we're, we're treated that way for sure. You go to a coliseum, you guys come out one, one, one by one. Yeah, everyone's going to you. You have your own theme music. 
You know, uh, I'm not sure. Is it like that in, co- in karate combat? Do you have your own theme music? Uh, they just started implementing walk-up music, yeah. Oh, fire. What's going to be yours? Ooh, so I'm kind of stuck between a couple right now, but uh, I'm really... I can cut this out if you don't want to no, 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 spoil you're, it. You're good. No, it's not a spoiler. So I'm, I'm obviously a, a New Yorker. One of my dreams is to fight in MSG, and I want to walk out to New York State of Mind. Mm. Um, but since it's not MSG, since it's not New York State of Mind, that one... Um, French Montana did a, a New York state of mind remix. So I'm thinking about hitting that in Miami. Jerry, hear this baby, Jerry and yeah. David. Oh, they're French, big French haters. Fans. Oh, haters. Haters. Uh-oh. I'm like, bro, Uh-oh. French. I, honestly, anywhere, honestly, I'm not a huge French Montana fan. I like his music, but he's not like, I'm not going to go search for a French gotcha, Montana gotcha, playlist. Gotcha. But when I was looking it up, I'm like, oh, I really want to hit this New York State of Mind. And French Montana's got a pretty dope remix. So yeah, it is. Check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah. One thing that always gets to me, and like, the, like especially for boxers when they come out, <clears throat> is Jada Kiss, um, the champ is here. Mm. Like when John Jones came out to that the other day, I'm like, oh, but that's a different type of like cocky though. You got to come out. You got to be yeah. the man if you're rocking that yeah, one yeah. though. Well, but I mean, you're seven to know. So you, I mean, you can yeah, that, you yeah. Think about it. Every um, some people do the same walkout music for all of their fights. All their fights. Some people are just, they, they like one song, that's it. A lot of people do like Johnny Cash. They'll do like House of the Rising Sun, you know, stuff like that. Um, my boy Rob Font, who's actually fighting at the UFC event the following weekend is me. Fire. He always walks out to um, Welcome to Jamrock. That's his mm. thing. That's what he does. It's fire. You hear that song, you know, oh, Rob's coming out right now. I do it differently. I like to hit, you know, I, it's based on feel, right? Because yeah. sometimes I'm feeling different moods. My playlist changes you know, sometimes on the weekly, on the daily. So um, a lot of times I like to give a little bit of credit to the city I'm in. So like I fought in Dubai and, uh, and I came out to Purple Lamborghini. That's dope. So yeah, I went, I fought in Miami before I came out to Trick Daddy. So I, I do it okay. all, man. I try and give little throwbacks because you want to you attract people in, this, in the of stands, course. right? That like maybe don't know me, but they're like, oh, he, he gave a shout out to Miami, you know? Yeah, so man. it's like, you know, you're in Canada and you put Drake on, you're like, oh, who's this guy shouting out? Exactly. And I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a big crowd from New York there. So I think the New York state of mind is going to, going to hit well. That's where you fire, man. So, yeah. you know, you're traveling, you're doing all these things. So like, was this like, always part of the plan like you know how say you hear kobe bryant story lebron story mm-hmm. oh when i was a kid i knew i was gonna be a basketball player yeah. it was out of basketball in my hand when i was three years old mm-hmm. you know that story of you know of the kobe's of the bronze is that something like a part of your family as well like where you're just like this was instilled in you from the jump not really you know my dad was a martial artist um I had no intentions of doing martial arts. Uh, this is not the path that I thought I was going to take. I thought I was going to be a baseball player. I remember days uh, with a baseball, practicing my autograph on a baseball. So that's what I used to do. I used to always just practice. And then, like, I thought I thought I was good. And then I tried out for, like, the high school baseball team, and I was terrible. <laughs> I was good in, like, the schoolyard, yeah. but I wasn't, I wasn't that level. So it was like, all right, maybe I need to reevaluate where I'm you at. You got to a fight with somebody about baseball, uh, and you're like, all right, I'm doing that, man. There it is. Yeah, yeah, the skill came out. But, um, no, I actually, I started martial arts. My brother uh, jumped into it first. You know, he, my brother was getting, like, bullied a little bit, so he went into martial arts, and he actually won a trophy at, like, a little inter-school tournament, and I was like, ooh, I want the trophy. So, you know, I would put it next to my bed when he would fall asleep, and my dad's like, oh, you won't. I was addicted to the competition. I wanted the competition. So that's kind of how I got started. Um, and even then, it was never like I had these dreams of grandeur that I was going to be this crazy world champion. I just wanted to be good. I wanted to be competitive. Mm. I wanted to challenge myself. And 
I guess that's kind of what makes me dangerous is I don't really care to be what people think or anything like that. You know, now I have, you know, obviously a status to uphold, but um, yeah, I just want to consistently challenge myself against the best in the world and see, all right, where do I measure? For sure. You know, and for me, it's it's all here. It's all internal. I mean, it all started like even you to get into this next chapter was just conquering the next right. you know, level of your life. So never mind now you're in it, you're thriving. Mm-hmm. You're, you're probably just, you know, in your blood right now. You're just like, I got to, you know, conquer the next challenge. Yeah. So um, part of this is, does this like is there like levels where like now like the xfl is like underneath to kind of like the nfl it's like you know, obviously you know like the g leagues under you know nba is this like under like ufc or under like bellator is it like a kind of like a level where you go like trajectory wise no so karate combat is the premier league for combat athletes that have a karate background so this is the the first and the only well i shouldn't say the only there's probably a couple offshoots in other countries and stuff but um, worldwide, globally, this is the only and the best and the biggest and the most mm. professional martial arts full contact league. That's why it was built. Um, a lot of it got started because you look at like karate in the Olympics and you're not allowed to knock people out. The whole purpose of like point karate is you need to be able to demonstrate your one shot that would potentially, you know, injure someone, kill them, whatever, stop them in their tracks. And that's what you generate points for but you're not actually allowed to deliver it with that devastating power. So they were thinking about it and they were like, you know what, we need to make a league where we can actually do that. So now they built karate combat and it's been brewing for the last couple of years. And now they're in season. Well, now it's not seasons anymore, but this is going to be their uh, 38th, 39th episode uh, where they're, they're running these shows now and it's going to be dope. So this is the premier league. So you look at like mixed martial arts and there's UFC Bellator one championship. There's those three, with professional martial arts, karate combat is the only one. It's number one. Well, no, I mean, I'm pretty into like in tune with you know sports, and I never heard this, so this is definitely gonna be a real to you know try to get out to the masses, and you know obviously you guys are building up, and um, do you think is that something you guys face right now? Is just trying to get the word out right now? Yeah, that's kind of where it's at. You know, they're um they're starting to get some other fighters that have you know big media um you know presence. Their social media presence is really good, so. They have some different guys that, you know, formerly they were in the UFC that now they're not anymore and now they're a free agent. So they have a martial arts background. They're coming over and fighting in karate combat. So they're not poaching fighters from other leagues. But, um, you know, as their contracts expire, if this is something they're interested in and they have a martial arts background, boom, it's a cool avenue for them. And oh, the rule sure. set's a little different. The arena is different. So it's very, very unique. Yeah, I watched a couple of videos of you earlier and I definitely seen uh, it definitely stands out as well. It's a different setup and that um like the slanted edges the like pit, definitely yeah. uh, you know pops out opposed to like you know the typical you know octagon right. or WWE ring definitely uh you know it's not like you're trying to copy them yeah. and um yeah so like what would be like the kind of the biggest differences to so someone who is you know seeing John Jones they watched John Jones last mm-hmm. week what would be the biggest differences from a UFC typical fight to a karate combat sport the, really just the rule set you know so there's no submission grappling so the fact that John Jones was able to submit Cyril Gunn that's um you know there there is no grappling there's you can still sweep throw take down things like that um, but you can ground and pound for five seconds and then they stand you right back up. So there's a lot of people out there, like for the casual fans that watch this, that, you know, that like MMA, but hate when it goes to the ground. Cause either, you know, you don't understand what's going on or you think it's boring or whatever that doesn't exist in karate combat. It's five seconds only striking when they're on the ground and then you got to get back up and fight. So it's really, it's a striker's league. This is built for action 
The rule set is built for action. It's dynamic. Um, there's a couple things that you can't do. So you can't use your elbows and you can't throw kicks to the thigh. You mm. can still kick the calf, the body, the head, obviously. Um, but yeah, knockouts are also incentivized. So you get paid more. It's not just like bonus, like knockout of the night. They have that too. But every fighter on the roster, if you knock someone out, you get a bonus. Wow. So it's incentivized and like you see it comes out in the fights, man. It's action, straight up oh, action, sure. start to finish. And you can use the walls. So when someone has their back to the wall, they're considered a standing opponent. So there's no five-second count. You can throw anything, knees, kicks, spinning kicks, whatever, Damn. and you knock people out. That's how the guy that I'm fighting now is actually a rematch. Um, we fought for the title contendership. And I beat him with the spinning kick when he was against the wall. I've seen that. So this is a rematch yeah. uh, for the title. Since then, he had a great knockout in his last fight. Um, I won the world championship in my last fight. And now he's kind of back and we'll run it back again. Hey, I'm asking me a good one right there for sure. And yeah. people who are um, interested in watching that, how's their, how are they able to watch that? Is there like an app? Is there is on pay-per-view? What's like the avenues to watch these fights the karate combat yeah, sport right now is the time to get into it because it's all free it's free on youtube so they're going to run it live on youtube um it is also a live event so you can buy tickets so if you're in the miami area or if you just want to take a trip to miami you know there's nothing better than Bro. going down to miami see some fights dolphin season ticket holy baby there you go they're all there the time they're all the time yeah so, so um, yeah, live, live event and i'll promise you this from a fan because i've been to a couple of the other live shows that i wasn't competing on and it is the craziest experience. Like I've been to UFC events, I've been to boxing, I've been to kickboxing and all that stuff. And you know, you go to an MMA event, the cage is in the way. You go to a boxing yeah. event, the ring is in the way. So you end up looking at the screens more than you actually look at the fight because you can't see everything. All the fights, like you can see literally everything in the pit because it's sunken in and it's all stands. So you see directly into the pit. That's cool. There's no bad seat. It's unreal. That's cool. Yeah, so like, this can be like your full time. I mean, this is like your full time. Also, with your you know triple sports performance. So, say someone didn't have their own place, is this like obtainable? Where you're like, um, you know, where you're like a John Jones. I know there's even you know paid discrepancies in UFC, but is there like you can do this for your full time job, your training, and you're making money to where you're in, in the karate combat sports? I don't think so yet. I think it's getting there. Um, you know, there, like I said, there's definitely incentives. And if, listen, if you're going out and knocking everybody out and you're on a good pay structure and you've been around for a little bit, then yeah. But, you know, it's still, still a relatively new, you know, fight organization. So, no, I, I, would, I would go ahead and say no. Like, this is not something I would recommend doing full time. Uh, but it's, it's growing that way and it's growing rapidly. So mm. I think in the next five years, you're going to see that where, yeah, maybe it's equal, if not better than, I, I know for me, example, like, I'm not going to share exactly what my numbers are, but I get paid better than some UFC fighters. Yeah, I heard the UFC is not good unless you're like John Jones well, or like... You know, in comparison to what? The, the regional scene? I'm you know, saying... I'd, well, I yeah. would much rather be in the UFC getting, you know, I think the the starting pay in the UFC is like 8000 and 8000 So you get like eight to eight to show, eight to win. Um, you know, that's a hell of a lot better. You're probably not even making $1,000 on the regional scene unless you're getting sponsorships. Yeah. You know, so, um, so I'm, you know, again, speaking from, uh, you know, outsider kind of looking in, I'm not like NFL, NBA, I know numbers. Yeah. So like UFC, I don't know numbers. So what are like some common misconceptions you think, you know, there is of like even being like a combat sports fighter? Like, is there like when you walk into a, a bar and people are like, oh, that's, that's Ross, he's like this or, oh, that guy does 
he does MMA. He's there like this. Is there like common misconceptions amongst you know the you know in the scene, the field? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, everyone when you when you think of like a UFC fighter or a karate combat superstar or whatever, you you think we're all tough guys, like, and may, and maybe we are in some degree. Certainly, we we obviously have to be, but personality wise, like most people would never know if we were just sitting in a conversation, I never told you I was a combat athlete. That's probably the last thing you'd think I am just from the way I carry myself. Yeah. I'm kind of fun loving. I have a good attitude. Like I try and just be pretty chill all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think usually you see the cauliflower ear, right? You see the guys, with the, the crinkled up ears and stuff. I'm walking away from that guy. <laughs> you know, it's just like everyone thinks they, they, they think that they're like hot greater than thou, you know? So, and, and that's not just all the case. Sometimes it is, you know, sometimes you get guys that abuse their power like anybody else. But, um, no, I think for the most part, that's the biggest misconception that we're all kind of like jerks and, you know, the men are womanizers. The women are just like, like gym whores, you know, yeah. it's like the stupid stuff, but Real recognize real, right? So people who know, no, that's not the case. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like that is a big one though. Like, and it's like those one or two cases where I guess like known, where it's like I forget what who his name was, but I remember he used to date the porn star Chrissy Mack. He like beat her up, oh, and that like went um, everywhere. Yeah. And it's like people like that make it. They that's the reason why. But it's mm -hmm. like not everyone's gonna be like that. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there's people on NFL and NBA who have those cases, but it's like all right, that dude's like what one of a million yeah. like you know there it's one of a million cases it happens man and um, it's, it's definitely a, it's a, no definitely unfortunate i was going through your instagram and um i see here the number one thing that popped up so um you know obviously it's injuries and everything mm -hmm. and here you said that a popular one is meniscus injuries mm -hmm. yeah, so um we can get a little teaser here might this probably come out after you probably post that clip so uh -huh. but um so like why is like meniscus such a prevalent injury amongst the combat sports yeah awesome question i just posted that video today Go check it out. Boom. Check it check out. Check it out. Well, I don't know when this is going to air, but... I was going to next week before your fight. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, whoever sees this eventually, go back, oh, okay. see the meniscus video. I got you. Look right here. Boom. There we go. Okay, okay. I had this up. Bare hair. Nice. All right. In case right you didn't know, there it is. Okay, this, Bang. This one right here? That's the one. Yep. This, oh, okay, This, this yeah. is Instagram video, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, this is, um, this is a cool video. It's a slideshow, right? So there's... Uh, the first slide is really just talking about like what the meniscus is. Um, you know, it, basically it's a structure. Most people don't know you actually have two in each knee. Um, we think it's just like one big thing. It's a, it's like a shock absorber. It's a cushion. Think about uh, brake pads. There you go. They're here, here. So there, you got these two brake pads basically. And then, you know, if you get a tear in one of them, that's what it looks like in the cross section. Um, Where? So yeah, yeah. Oh, right so, here, right yep, here. Exactly. It's literally right, it's right underneath you. Right here, baby. Yep. So it's kind of like if you're, you know, the bones are one on top of the other. You know, your thigh bone is here. Your shin bone is here. Boom. Then in the middle, you've got these two discs that are shock protectors. Um, and they're cushions, right? So your knee works like a hinge. And then, you know, something goes wrong. You twist the wrong way. You kind of shear that little tear. Um, and it causes pain. Very common in combat sports because we're always doing different things, whether we're making contact with a bag, someone's kicking your knee, right? You're grappling, you're jamming your knee into the ground, someone twists it. It's like anything can happen, right? So it's one of those first level injuries that a lot of combat athletes end up having. And the old school method was, well, I have a tear in my meniscus. I'm going to go to a doctor. The doctor is going to tell me to get surgery. They're going to snip it. And then we can just keep about our business. That they've found with research now is actually the worst thing you can do. And sometimes it's necessary, but only in the worst case scenario, right? So a lot of times now they're seeing with research that proper strength training, 
flexibility, a little bit of mobility training, hip stabilization can take pressure and offload that. And you can get back to business, you know, pretty much without surgery. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think everyone knows who uh, Tom Brady is, the TB12 method. So this is the RT method, baby. That's it. The RT method. So, you know, um, that's the meniscus um, little snippet right there. And, you know, I see here you also had a clip about elderly versus, um, you know, athletes mm-hmm. so you're talking about that right now the new research happening all the time and you know my brother uh went to hendrickin that's pretty new at this point and they had like a sports doctor always there and and i would say radio was all good i got injured there twice but we did not have the same like doctors on the sideline yeah and this, and my brother got he broke his wrist and he um uh, forget what else happened to him but whatever he um i was like wow this like level of like doctors different like they're not telling him to do the specific random things they're telling everybody to do mm-hmm. do you think that's like a big huge issue amongst like sports and you know, obviously for you karate yeah. combat issues where it's like all right you know you broke your elbow just do this the same things you're seeing you know like you said in your video the 70 mm-hmm. year old patient doing as well yeah i mean athletes in general go through this uh unless you're part of a very popular like very big well-funded sports team that has their own specialists involved um, you know, it, most high school athletes, they get injured, they go to their primary care, then they go to their, you know, they go to an orthopedic surgeon, and then they get told what to do. But most of the physical therapy they get is like this broad spectrum, they go to a regular PT gym that, you know, their insurance covers for whatever reason. And, um, you know, they end up getting someone, maybe they play their sport, maybe they've had experience with it, and maybe not most of the time not, you know, it's very rare to find a specialist. So what happens, you get this kind of cookie cutter, program to cross your fingers and like, I hope they get better. And unfortunately I've been there, right? I've been that PT who was just able, because I didn't have the time and I didn't have the specialty. Like, am I a long distance runner? No, but I was working with them. So I would do my very best to try and study and read up on stuff and find the right things to do. But there's no way that I'm going to do a better job with a long distance runner than a PT who is a long distance runner. You know, and then think about what about a long distance runner who's a champion, a world champion. So that's why, like, I decided to start Turbo Sports Performance and really deliver like high quality, the highest quality of care for combat athletes all around the world. So that's why I do what I do. So that, does that cover every combat sport? Like, you can do like a UFC guy, you can do a Bellator guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, listen, I'm, I'm not a mixed martial arts fighter, so I've wrestled a little bit, I've done some jujitsu a little bit. My forte is striking, um, but my strength coach is a jiu-jitsu player. You know, he's wrestled as well. So my strength coach and myself are the two coaches in my gotcha. program. So we can cover all the bases, but you also got to think about being relatable, right? So yes, I work with a couple high-profile athletes. I've worked with world champion boxers. I'm working with higher level, you know, local, regional, professional mixed martial artists that are going out there and winning titles and stuff. So yeah, and then kickboxers, you know, martial artists all over the world, you know, highest level sport karate fighters. So yeah, you know, it's, it's relatable because not only do they know that, Hey, he's a doctor of physical therapy. He knows what he's talking about. Not only does he have experience in martial arts, but he's a world champion and he's currently doing it. So if anyone is going to tell you what to do to get back on the, you know, back on the mats and training, it's me because I know what needs to be done. You know, I know how we need to go about it. So, so like say, uh, quarterback from Providence High School reaches out to you, would you just be like, hey, man, you know, this isn't probably the best fit for you or are you going to take anybody in or 
Are you are you like kind of sticking to what you're saying? Where you're just like, no, I, I kind of just stick to the combat guys. Yeah, I would say like I do have a few clients, and, and there's a couple of um, you know exceptions that I'll make, really because I, I want to make sure that people are getting the best quality of care. So if it's something that I have experience with, you know, I've worked with a lot of football players in my past. Um, at the last clinic I was at, we actually started an ACL program, so we saw a lot of different high school athletes, college athletes that tore their ACL. So that's something I have a lot of uh, experience with as well. So you know, I do have a couple of ACL clients that I'm working with. Um, that are not martial artists. So I would say the, the majority, if I had to put a percentage on it, probably 95 to 98% of my clientele are martial artists or combat athletes. So that ranges from recreational people that just like to do it to martial arts instructors to competitive athletes, amateur, mm-hmm. professional, you know, all that. Gotcha. It makes sense. So are you, is your world like strictly just all around like combat sports? Like, are you just watching boxing, UFC, karate combat, or are you like into like NBA, NFL, the sports as well? I'm a big NFL fan. I'm, I'm actually a Cowboys fan. I know you mentioned the Dolphins. Hey. We're, we're both in the same boat. Oh my God, man. <laughs> it's tough, get, man. It's my tough. best friend, Elray, shout out to Elray, is a Cowboys fan as well. Okay. So uh, I always have this thing with them. I have a couple Cowboys shirts. I don't know why, but I do. And I'll bust mm. the ball. I was like, oh, we, we lost again. Yeah. Bro, I don't know what you guys are going to do, man. Dak, I tell Elray, I'm like, all right, man. At what point are you give up on Dak? So, At what point are you giving up a Dak? So I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'm going to be very honest, and I'm going to keep it real. I actually like Dak. Um, when you look at Dak's numbers across the board since he's came into the NFL, he's been a top-five quarterback. He's a fantastic quarterback. Now, the guy that I could not stand is Kellen Moore. I could not stand the really? offensive coordinator. Could not stand him. Everyone was making him out to be this genius, super whiz. He's the prodigy. He's terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Wow. He make, makes terrible decisions. He, he overcomplicates the system. And like, yeah, you, you had that string where Dak was throwing interceptions. But if, if I'm a bystander and like, I never played football. I, I, I love it. I love the game. I understand it very well, but I never played. Mm. If I can guess sitting on my couch, what they're going to do next, that's a problem. That is a problem. Right. For sure. For sure. So like you have all the talent in the world on your team. You got one of the best offensive lines, one of the top running backs, now top two running backs. You got a CD lamb, top receiver, one of the best tight ends. And we just come up short, come up short and come up short. It's game management and poor offensive play calling. Yeah. There's no reason why we can't put up 40 points every game. It's not, you know, not so now Kellen Moore's gone. Happy about that. Quarterbacks coach is gone. Happy about that. Now we're going to see what Dak is about. Yeah. So we give Dak another one or two years, in my opinion. I I would say one. I would say one like to one. Two. Yeah. Like one to two. I guess who's out there is better, but that argument is like, okay, well, you get the Patriots could have said the same thing about Drew Bledsoe. Well, who's better? Well, you had a guy who was better right behind him, but if you didn't give him a chance, you would have known just because you were, you would have given him Drew Brees another I mean, Bledsoe another year. Bledsoe another year or one more year. No one's better. Yeah. Who knows? I mean. You guys are playing pretty well with um, I'm blanking his name right now. Ramo. Oh no 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 the backup for oh Dak. oh um Cooper Rush. I'm not saying he's better than Dak. He's not. But <laughs> it's not like, even close. I'm saying like you know if you don't we have someone like a Brady like who knows if you don't give him that chance though. Yeah, but you know what too though like the the Cowboys have been it, it's a it's a it's a rock and a hard place like it's we we're good enough where we're almost there we're like one step away from being there but we're not bad enough to be in the market for one of those top quarterbacks yeah. so it's like we're really in no position we're definitely not trading up to get a quarterback you know what i yeah. mean like we're not in that position we don't need it that badly 
you know, do we spend, honestly, we shouldn't be spending money on quarterback right now. That's not what they're, they need to build from the ground up. Yeah. We need to keep drafting. Well, I would love to see them go pick up, you know, an OBJ or, you know, yeah, like, a, like a DeAndre Hopkins, if we can get them relatively cheap, you know? Yeah. I mean, you guys are essentially are going to the same spot. Hey, spots of dolphins every yeah. year is our year. Every year is our year. They reel the fan base in. You get caught, and you're like, motherfucker. Well, God I mean, you guys look, did look really good, and just right. Tua can't. Tua can't stay healthy, you know. bro. He needs you. He needs you. I would love to work with Tua. Oh Although, I, again, I have some experience with concussion, but I am not a concussion specialist. That's scary, man. Yeah. The, the doctors, if he has to retire in the next five years, you got to look at those doctors and be like, you guys messed up. Yeah, That's terrible, man. Apparently, they're doing terrible. their due diligence, but it's like, come on. You, I mean, did you see that he's that, doing Taekwondo now? Did you see that? Yeah, his reaction. So he's got to get his reaction. To, time yeah, on. to prevent yeah, his concussion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, stamina. I don't well, know what you're he's probably He's prevention. probably going to be working on his, his hand eye coordination, his timing, his body awareness, like the ability to move better in the pocket, you know, to avoid contact, things like that. Because Taekwondo is so fast. Yeah. Um, but also it's a lot of like hand eye. It's, it's a lot of muscular coordination and, you know, and the guy like, and not for nothing, but every time his, he falls, he like has no head control. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. His head just bounces off. It is the, ridiculous. It's crazy. It is. It's it is crazy. crazy. Like the play in the Bengals game, obviously the second concussion, right? Yes. Yeah, second concussion. Obviously it is a bad play, but that play should have never happened. Yeah. As, as yeah. before it happened, I'm watching biggest office fan in the world. He rolls in the pocket. There is no one near him for like 15 yards. Yeah. I'm like, bro, throw the ball throw away. Throw the ball away. Throw yeah. the ball away, run out of bounds, slide, something. No, the motherfucker rolls back in <laughs> Into to the all line. the people. And all the people. I'm like, how the fuck? Did you well, you didn't feel like, that coming? And then the other thing, too, is like just there's no body control. Like every, every time Tua gets tackled, Boom. he's like a baby that just was like, that was just born like no, zero head control. He just slams his head into the floor. And yeah. like, it just sucks, man. He's so talented and you see what happens when he's healthy. Bro, but, top six offense man. without him for like seven games. Imagine they had him for all I seven know. games. All right. So, so is Brady coming out of retirement? That was the talk today on fantasy yeah. sports, sports radio. So, no, Brady out of, out of retirement. Is that what you want? He though? claims no, but I don't want it. Right. I would have wanted it. When he went to Tampa before, obviously we got fucked over over the whole Brian Flores thing. Yeah. But I already know the Dolphins luck. He would come out of retirement. He would suck. We would trade Tua to the Lions, and then he'd, he'd be the next Drew Brees. He would go nuts. Yeah. I already know how that shit would go down. So, so what are you guys gonna do? They're sticking. They're apparently, they're sticking with them. You no, know, but I mean, what do you want to see? Uh, I definitely want to see the defense. Obviously, now we got you know Vance Joseph, so that's mm. to turn around. Um, you know, we have the defensive, yeah, the young defensive players there. We have Holland, Phillips. You know, we have Baker. We got um, um, Bradley Chubb. So we have the defensive key, like key yeah. playmakers. They needed the right defensive coordinator, obviously. Now, hopefully, they have them. Mm-hmm. Now they just need to stock up on their line. Stock yeah. up on their line. Get that one like dude at running back. Obviously, receivers. I mean, come on, top five receiver duo in the league. Yeah, they're they're talking about maybe Kareem Hunt. That'd be ideal. I mean, that would yeah. be ideal. I, mean, I like Moster as like a two. But he also doesn't stay healthy. Okay. So it's like, bro, come on. We keep getting these guys. You have to stock up on the line. Can you trust Kareem Hunt in Miami? Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. I don't know. I don't know. That's probably uh, why he wants to go there. I know, man. But, uh, yeah. but we need, you know, Armstead needs to stay healthy. We need a line and like a back over our line. That's what we need. That, that's the main thing, especially being, you know, especially with Buffalo's defense is elite. Yeah. Elite. Uh, Jets' defense is elite. 
pass defense is always good. So like we're in like one of the toughest divisions, like defensive Crazy. wise. Crazy. So it's you it's went from wild. one of the worst divisions because it was Patriots all day long. No one was even close yep. to now. Like so competitive, so competitive, so competitive. And like they get Aaron Rodgers. I was just gonna if they say get Aaron that. Rodgers. Come I was on, just man. Gonna say that if if that goes through, I mean, I this don't would know. Be, this would be good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Jets were good with freaking Mike White, man. They, <laughs> yeah. they almost made the playoffs. Yeah. And Joe Flacco, like, you know. Um, Imagine. Who's in a better position? Like, who would you rather have, Dak or Mike White? Don't even think about that. <laughs> obviously not. Obviously you can't not even think Dak, about Dak, that. Dak, you know? Of course, not. yeah. But it's like, who would you rather have, Dak or Tua? That says Elray the other day. I'm like, if Dak did shit the bed again, who would you rather have Tua? And he's like, no, I'm sticking with Dak. I'm like, bro. I would too. I would too. And I'm not, I'm not yeah. just saying that because I'm a Cowboys fan. Who would you rather have, Dak or uh, Garoppolo? I would rather have Dak. Garoppolo or Tua? I would have Tua. I, I think okay. they're both equally injury prone. At um, least Tua can lay it up. Garoppolo's really like a system guy. They use him, utilize him pretty well uh, in San Fran. So I think Tua's kind of silenced those haters. If you still say that, you're just a Tua hater at this yeah. point. Tua has shown he can light it up down the field. It's just the staying the healthy part. Like if you can yeah. stay healthy, he's there. It's just he has shown he cannot stay healthy. True. All right. Last last comparison, then we can move on. Because I think these, I think Dak and Tua are in the same they tier. They are. They're I think they're in the same tier. They're the same tier. Um, just, it's just Dak's preference. more healthy. And it's preference and system. sometimes he's more healthy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not always more healthy. <laughs> All right. But the last, the last person in that kind of similar tier that could maybe change the offense, um, would you rather have Tua or Derek Carr? Tua. All right, Dak, Dak or Derek Carr, because they're a little bit more similar. Mm. Tua is more mobile, so I agree yeah. there. Dak or Derek Carr, like Dak. Yeah, Dak. I think so too. But I've they're close. Derek Carr He's has close. shown he can't do anything. Well, he's a uh, he's a good mm. NFL quarterback. Like he should should he be on the team? Yes. Is he going to? Can you depend on him? No, you cannot depend on him. Can he have that one game, like the eight games a season? Yeah. But can you trust him to like build around? Obviously, the Raiders mm-hmm. are just like fuck no. Uh, well, see, I'm a bigger, I'm a big believer, a bigger believer in the coaching staff makes the players, not the players make the team. So you know, you look at did Derek Carr ever do anything with the Raiders? No, but why? So he had zero talent around him forever, zero talent. They finally get talent in Devonte Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and who's first? Uh, they get a first year head coach with McDaniels, who's a systems guy. Mm-hmm. He never tried to scheme Devontae open. How do you not utilize that? Yeah. You know what I mean? So Good point, but yeah. I, th- I think Derek Carr is going to light it up in in this, in this New Orleans. I think he's going to be great. I think he's they overpaid him a little bit. They definitely overpaid him. They need him. to give... He, he <laughs> but, better give them MVP card. But you know what? They're just, they're just going to be calling... Like, Chris Olave is just going to be running flies yeah. all day. And Michael Thomas is excited about it. Like, if oh, he comes that, back... That motherfucker stays healthy. Yeah, if he stays healthy, he'll be great. But, like, the Saints, now all of a sudden, you're like... Oh, Derek that, Carr is a fantasy quarterback. 100%. <laughs> and that division? Yeah. And that division all day. It's winnable. So, you never know, man. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, definitely systems things, too. Like, this, like, when... Russell Wilson went to the Broncos, and then he you knew what you got in him. No, you're yeah. running a different system. Right. Why? Yeah. You know what yeah. you're getting. I just don't get like, no, Crazy. you being a coach, do you have one specific way you do everybody? You can't. You, you have to, like, I have a certain style that I like to implore. But, you know, my, like, the way I fight is predicated off of my frame, my body, my attributes, right? And my brain. 
you know, not everyone thinks the same way I do. Not everyone has the, the limb size, the leg strength, the, the endurance, the durability. So everyone's different. We got a kid in our gym, Evan. He's tall, lanky. He needs to learn how to be long. I'm not going to have him fight inside and work like the short range techniques. And then I've got another kid, Lewis, who's short, stocky. He go, throws good hard kicks. He's great getting inside, getting under people. So like, yes, in, in a system, there's a system to break down like, okay, we all need to have good footwork. We all have to have good IQ. We have to understand the game, what you can and can't do. But then individually, I have to coach them based on their attributes, yeah. the, the intangibles, right? Yeah, I feel like that did not for Russell Wilson. No, at all. Zero. And you said that, um, you know, and everyone has your same attributes and what you're doing. So funny question. I like to ask people on the podcast um, attributes. So would you rather face one mm, horse-sized duck mm. or 50 duck-sized horses they have the same attributes, though. So you're facing now 50 duck-sized horses that can jump eight feet in the air. They can run 40 miles an hour. They're all attacking you at the same time. Yeah. Or you're facing one horse-sized duck. I'm going to take the 50 small ones. 50 small ones. Wow. I'm going to take the 50 I always, small ones. I'm always intrigued when people say this. What's your game plan yeah, on that? Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually, I've never heard it as a duck, but I'm, I'm much less threatened by a duck. I've always heard it as a, as a horse-sized chicken or chicken-sized <laughs> horses. So... When I think of, and I'm going to give you both. So I'll, do, I'll give you the chicken one first. A horse-sized chicken, you know how big those talons are going to be? <laughs> they're going to be small. They're going to be like little, the feet? A, horse, a horse-sized chicken? Oh, the a claw, horse-sized chicken. The claws on a that horse-sized thing? horse-sized chicken is going to be huge. The yeah. claw, I'm not touching that thing, <laughs> right? So you give me the 50 little chicken-sized <laughs> horses and I'll deal with them. Right? It's the same thing. Now you're talking a duck that doesn't have any of the. A duck has a... A, a, a softer beak and it doesn't have it's got a little what do you even call them flippers yeah Owls? whatever the, yeah know, the, web feet web feet yeah. yeah they don't have claws or anything like that they're not they're not angry animals so would you rather face the give me the horse-sized duck the horse size the horse-sized duck or i'm sorry huge. the uh, the duck huge. the duck size the duck size horse yeah. yeah give me give me the little the little baby horses you know punt those things <laughs> dude they're gonna kick the shit out of you though ducks are this big yeah but they're a horse they can still kick the shit out of you. There's 50 of them. Yeah, but they don't have the same strength as a real live horse. No, they don't think they have the same attributes. Oh, then yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm they like... have the same attributes. So wait, does the does the the horse-sized duck have duck attributes? Yeah. Oh, it's just a huge I'll, duck. I'll take that duck out, man. <laughs> that's what no, I'm, I'm saying. Take that I'm, duck taking out that, I'm taking that duck out. Okay. I'm, especially that's you. A, that's a very different, different Choking question. that shit out. That's a very different question. Right? It's a different question. Yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah. attributes. It's yeah, just yeah. fucking bigger. Yeah, no, no. If... But that's the thing. Like, if you're telling me that that duck has the power of a horse, no, nah, no shot. Yeah. Think this one little flip of its, you know, its beak, and I'm not <laughs> oh, of there. Yeah, no, you're, Forget you're tossing it. that yeah, shit. Yeah, no, Fifty of them at the same time? Hell no. Yeah. My brother asked me a funny one in the podcast. I never, I never heard this one before in my life. <clears throat> he said, "Would you rather face a rooster? Every time you open your car door or anything in your car, you have to fight a rooster mm. every time, or would you rather fight?" A chimpanzee with a sword. God, a rooster every time I every, open the door. Every time. Easily. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Choking that shit. I'm breaking his neck. Come on, man. Breaking his damn Chimpanzees neck. Chimpanzees are so strong. <laughs> and I give him a sword? Come on, get out Dude, of here. Dude, his boy said he would face a chimpanzee. I'm like, you out of your fucking mind? So I'll give you a good one. Uh, shout out to my, my buddy, Mike Lefebvre. He's uh, one of the head coaches over at uh, Olympia, um, uh, Olympia Sport, Sports and Performance. Uh, fitness and performance, excuse me. Um, it's a good strength gym here in Cranston. Yeah, I've heard of it. People. But uh, 
Yeah, so I actually used to work there. So, yeah, Michael Fave asked me one time. We used to do this all the time in the gym. We had like a whiteboard and we would do all these challenges. So shout out to Mike for this one. I think I hope I'm getting it right. Would you rather um, be attacked by every dog that you see or every bird that sees you? Every dog that I see. Ooh, not me. I don't, every, I don't see that many dogs a day. Actually, I kind of do. All right, but but think about this, right? Every dog that you that every dog that you see, as soon as you see it, it's turning on you and it's coming after. <laughs> but or or would you rather be attacked by every bird that sees you? Mm, think about how many birds are looking at me. How many birds can look at you? It's so far up question. in the air. That's and like, how can you predict when they're gonna come? I'd rather fight every dog. Than every bird. That's just me personally. This is that's yeah. A I, think, I, I, think that's I'm I think I'm sticking with my answer. I said the dog. Yeah, I think. Okay. I mean, realistically, you're gonna just punt that dog's coming at you. I mean, if it's like a it's pit bull, like, a while a Great Dane. Oh yeah, but maybe. What if you walk? What if you unknowingly walked past a dog park? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're in some you're in some deep shit. I but, think uh, you're thinking about it. You're probably. You're probably getting rocked either way. Yeah, you're probably yeah, getting rocked yeah. either way. But Birds I'd rather. Fly and kill but you know what? I'd rather see him coming. That's true. Bird, right behind, right behind We're you. also talking, I mean, this is every bird, right? Every dog, but every bird. We're talking eagles, hawks. Right? I got oh, a pic, I gotta, I'll show you, I gotta show you a picture on my phone afterwards. Um, I was with Maddie a couple of days ago, and uh, we were driving past, you know, the, the little pathway between where they're building, um, they're building Topgolf over Oh, here. yep, yep, yep. So in between that little strip, um, like behind Shaw's and, and Target and all that stuff, there was a hawk chewing on a rabbit a dead oh, rabbit shit. and it, this thing was like it wasn't huge but it was like that's not a that's not a pigeon you know what i mean that's not a crow like this thing <laughs> it's just thick and like oh my god it was crazy first time i seen one that close speaking of a hawk actually a hawk's not on here but this is like a funny one i seen on twitter the other day you had to pick two to defend you no double dipping okay. did you see this i did so my, a buddy of my friend uh the rest, yeah the rest are coming to kill you okay Ten thousand rats yep. 50 eagles, or eagles down here, 15 wolves, 10 crocodiles, 7 bulls, 5 gorillas, 4 lions, 3 bears, and 1 rifleman named Festus. Mm. So I took uh, a buddy of mine, sent this to me. I already know my answer. I want the 5 gorillas and the 3 bears. 5 gorillas and the 3 bears. And his thing was like... Bro, ten thousand rats. <laughs> You're thinking, but all right, but it. but check this out, right? So let's let's think about this. We got fifty. Think about all the other things that, yeah, they're coming to kill me, but naturally are going to kill those rats. Eagles, they're going right for the rats. Like, mm. yes, they want to kill me, but they're also going to kill the rats. <laughs> so, like, you got to wipe out a couple of them. Um, there were so the one that I saw was more than this. There were more options. Hmm. Um, These are a lot of fucking options. But you think about seven bulls. Like how many rats are going to die because they get stepped on by the bulls? That's true. Well, well, I think they're coming out like a team. Like it's like two are are defending you and the rats are like a team. They're like like, like Marvel. They're coming. They're like the Avengers. They're coming to kill you. Yeah, but there's got to be like there's friendly fire. (laughs) First of all, like the rifleman, like it's going to take him a while to shoot, you know, and like, you shoot, you shoot one bear. Did you see that video that Rogan reposted from Nature Is Metal of the brown bear? How big yeah, that yeah, freaking bear massive. is, dude. And like, I was just talking about this with bears. I was up in Canada last week training, and the guy hunts and he's like killed bears and stuff. He's like, they are the most unbelievably fast. Like, you have no idea how big and how fast they are. 
and like one swipe, you know, they say one swipe of a brown bear uh, of a brown bear can break the spine of a moose. Oh shit. Come on. I, I mean, want I want three of them. <laughs> I want three of them. And the five gorillas. And five gorillas, dude. dude. Like silverback gorillas. Have you seen those things? I have not. I have Come not on, person. Man. I have not impressed. I mean, never no, been to the zoo. I, I'm getting, oh yeah, yeah no. Right. And San Diego Zoo, San Diego Zoo are massive, bro. Yeah, yeah they're massive. Massive. Or I mean, massive, and massive, the defending you, they're gonna get close to you. They're gonna yeah, feel yeah. something way by you. A nice big wall. <laughs> I got my grip, my bears, my gorillas. I'm good. And so, then me, I'm a freaking world champion. Someone's I'm like good. the ten crocodiles. I'm like, bro, come no, on. They're so small. They're lean, right? They can't even create a wall to protect me. Wait, are you getting? You're fighting one of these things. Which one? One of these would you rather fight? If you had to pick. You're picking one like just one. Mm. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll get the rats out of there. Oh, like all right. Like a, so if I had to pick, like a, the wolf, if I had to fight one eagle, wolf, crocodile, bull, gorilla, lion. Bear. There's one on one, and fuck fights, fesses too, not fesses. Oh, I was gonna say, I, kick I, I would definitely fight the rifleman. <laughs> yeah. I just gotta avoid the first bullet, and I'd be all right. Um, wow, the wolf. You, wolves are massive. Yeah, but probably I mean a crocodile. When you know you can choke it out. No. I don't think so. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the rat. Oh, I thought you said the rat. No, was I'm out. saying like me. I was joking. I'm like, I'll fight. The oh rat. yeah, <laughs> I'm the rat. Yeah, I think I'd have to go. Probably best shot would be a wolf. Best shot to yeah. survive. I'm, I'm. You're not. You're not beating a gorilla. You're not beating a bear. You're not stopping a lion. Bull, Crocodile man. Get the fuck they, out of yeah, here. yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you're not gonna fight. All right, a bull. get Festus back in. I'm kicking Festus's ass. Me too. I'm definitely kicking Festus's ass. I'm trained in hand to hand combat. <laughs> <laughs> not against all the and eagle the thing the thing with the eagle is like the eagle is probably the smallest but again like how am i supposed to by the time by the time i get my hands on it it already had its hand on me oh it's picking yeah, your ass up yeah. picking your ass up so you said you're training hand in hand combat so one thing I'm, I'm not sure if you know it but it's everywhere right now the last of us have you watched that show on HBO? We, uh, my wife and I just saw the first episode yesterday. Oh, dude, I don't want to spoil anything for you. Don't, yeah. But you, you know the premise of this show now, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So if that were to happen in real life, there is a pandemic. Mm. Who, if you had to pick like three people, who are you picking to bring with you to kind of start up a new colony? And like, what is your like, what's your contribu- contribution to the colony? If you're starting up your own thing, pandemic happens right now. Good question. All right. I want, uh, I want Jocko, Jocko Willink. Oh, dude, animal. Leader. Well, animal. first of all, he's, he's just like his leadership qualities, mm-hmm. right? He's been through some shit. He knows what it's like. He, I, I would wish he would be the damn president, but, um, you know, someone who can actually like control and lead and, and admit mistakes and whatever. That's a whole nother conversation. But jo- you said I get three people? Yeah. Hmm. I want Jocko for his leadership qualities. I want... My wife, because I don't want to be alone. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't want to be alone, man. <laughs> she, was, she was watching like you bad. I need, me. I need to have my wife with me. That's that's <laughs> my whole world, man. So, yeah, Jocko, my wife, and God, let's say let's say Joe Rogan just to keep it fun. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna be laughing the whole time. Yeah, um, gotta do a pot. That's and then and he's also a martial artist. So that's you, true. You got you got four martial artists there, four combat athletes that can lead, can talk, can love me. And what's my contribution? Um, I guess I'm just going to be the enforcer. Whatever we got to do, man. Jocko, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm in there. I'm in hey, there. Let's get I, it. Yes, sir. I'm ready to go. I'll be the best. You know, the best unit you have. <laughs> hey, man, that, that sounds like a powerhouse a right team. there. It's a good team. That's definitely a good team. And um, yeah, I said for me, if I had to, you know, what was my contribution? I'm like I'm bringing my podcast stuff. We're bringing back TV, baby. We're bringing back entertainment of the colony. But um, 
Yeah, man. I'm glad you came through. I know I, I'm sure you're busy. Uh, you're busy dude right now. Like that in the podcast, off with some you know some funny stuff. But what's not going to be no funny stuff is your fight right underneath you right here. Mm-hmm. Your uh, Levine versus the Castaneda from Spain. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So. You want any last words for this right here? They got tune in April 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Go to karate.com backslash how dash to dash watch. And um, yeah, man, any last words? They, uh, you know, people should stay tuned for your fight right here. Yeah, this is going to be dope. Um, listen, I, I, I don't really like talk a lot of smack. Um, I fought this guy before. He's probably, you know, with the exception of me, because I, I mean, I have to think of myself as the best, but he probably has the best one shot knockout power in the division. He's displayed it multiple times. He has some crazy knockouts. So, um, you know, I was able to to beat that puzzle the first time and take him out. So I'm looking forward to doing it again. But the whole card top to bottom is incredible. A lot of really good fights. Again, we talked a little bit about karate combat. So if you're new to it and you want to check out a new fight sport, that's all about action. Watch it. It's free on YouTube. If you want to take a trip to Miami, tickets are, are relatively cheap. I'm actually going to be putting a, um, a 50% discount code on tickets if you want to go live. So even if you live in Miami or, or the Florida area, South Florida area, you have family there that want to go and check it out, definitely go and, and um, you know cheer me on or don't, whatever. Just go watch and, and enjoy it. But this is going to be a crazy event. Hey, man, you could, you could pay your money to try to see him lose, but he's not going to lose. My guy's going to be A and O. He's going to come back on the podcast. We're going to talk about the knockout victory he had against yeah, his you know, rival at this point. So make sure you tune in. You tap into Ross, Ross underscore Turbo underscore Levine. Tap in if you need any uh, questions about recovery or you know performance, strength training. Make sure you tap into his studio as well. Yes, sir. You tap into Ross Turbo Performance and... You know, any questions you have, my guy can help you out. And if you want to you know, get into the new world of combat, karate, combat training, um, you know, hit my guy up. Make sure you tune in to my adventures coming up soon, hitting Coachella next month. And then I'm also going to be going to a couple of different places this year, Miami, of course. So make sure you tune into my adventures on Explore FF. Make sure you tap into EG Pod Thunder on all social media, YouTube, podcasts. Send us to the moon, baby. Let's get it. <laughs>